Welcome to the Workplace Happiness Podcast, brought to you by me, Mark Price, and my platform, Engaging Works, designed to help you be happier at work. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that we work, how being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can also transform an organisation. So my mission is to get the world a little bit happier at work. In doing so, I've created a happiness survey, which measures and then compares to others how happy you are at work. It's free to take, and you can find out about it at engaging.works. In the Workplace Happiness podcast, I'll be speaking to people from all walks of life about how they work and their happiness at work. From people who've had career changes to entrepreneurs who forge their own career paths. It's all about happiness and how we recognise this happiness at work and all get a little bit happier. In this edition of the Workplace Happiness Podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Pandora Christie. Now, as you all know, Pandora is a radio presenter for Heart FM. Um, And before that, uh, she worked in radio with Capital and with KISS. She also hosts her own uh, four music TV show. Uh, she DJs. Uh, you may well have see, seen her interviewing people on red carpets, and she even does commercials. In addition to all of that, uh, uh, Pandora finds time uh, to support the uh, Battersea Dogs and Cats Home Charity and is an ambassador for Fostering Network. That sounds like a tiring list of things to do, Pandora. You're very welcome to the Workplace Happiness Podcast. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And by the way, that was a great introduction. I mean, I feel like I'm really busy, really busy. <laughs> in fact, like I'm that. sitting at home you right now, that. chilling out with my dog. <laughs> so I, I tell you, I think the thing that uh, our listeners would most like to know is you've got so many people's dream job. You're, you're on the radio. You've got a brilliant show there. You're, um, you're doing a music TV show. You're DJing. How did you get into um, radio? Wow. Okay. I hope you've got some time because <laughs> it's a long story. Um, okay. So if we go way, way, way back until the dream first started, um, I originally wanted to be an actress. I was so set, you know, when I was um, at college that acting was the thing for me. It was the only thing I got an A star in was drama. I was like, right, this is definitely me. And um, I went to college. I did a BTEC national diploma. I um, left that. I didn't go to university or to acting school. I thought, I'm just going to go get myself um, a casting agent and I'm going to get out there. And I had two good years at doing lots of acting work, uh, TV commercials. I did a few documentaries, a few things for Sky One. I went up for some huge films, but never quite got the part. there was a year where I literally did nothing else apart from promo work. Um, Every single audition that I went to, I didn't get the job. I would be down to the final four, final two. Oh yeah, it's just between you and this other person. But I didn't quite get it. And if I'm honest with you, it affected me. Because I was thinking, why am I not getting the, you know, these big parts? And every time when it was me in a commercial or me doing a, a documentary where I literally was acting as myself, I would get the part. And it kind of dawned on me, maybe I'm just not a great actress. Maybe I'm just great at being me. And that's when it kind of kicked in. You know, I was um, doing a lot of promo work at the time. I did a whole year of not getting any acting work as well. I did, which I went up for EastEnders. I went up for, do you remember back in the day, 
footballers wives do you remember that yeah. i went up for that went up for i didn't even get a part in hollyoaks i went up for that <laughs> didn't get it and um i decided right what's my what's my next passion what do i see myself doing and that's when i thought radio i'd had enough of being in front of the camera and i was like i love music i love chatting and I'd had enough of, I kind of got like a bit scared of doing auditions, being in front of people, if I'm really honest with you. I'd kind of um, built up a little bit of a fear of that. And that's why I wanted to be behind the scenes. And um, when I thought of radio, I just thought that I couldn't uh, like plant myself into a better industry. And um, I thought to myself, I've got no experience whatsoever. How do I get it? And then I thought, you know what? I need to get my foot in the door. And I saw this advert for um, Heart. Um, it was their Ground Patrol, which, uh, you know, you can call them Heart Angels, Heart Ground Patrol, uh, as it was back in the day. And it was to be part of their team. One of the uh, <laughs> requirements was um, that you had to drive. I remember that. I, I didn't even know how to drive. I, I didn't have that on my, uh, <laughs> on my CV at all. But I thought, you know what? Nothing is going to stop me because this is like a little calling. I thought, I've got to get this job. So um, I applied for the job. I then started taking um, driving lessons, went and did the audition, managed to get the job. Then I admitted the truth and said, actually, I can't actually drive. But I'm learning <laughs> and I'm almost there. It took me a year to learn to drive. So I did that job. Uh, sorry, my dog's wanting to play with me. Um, I did a year. <laughs> before actually passing my test and then driving the uh, little ravs around we were handing out stickers handing out flyers we were at um school fates uh, getting people to tune into heart doing campaigns for like hula hoop pringles orbit chewing gum and all of the time that i was there i made sure that i had time with producers pre uh, presenters uh, engineers i shadowed some of the uh, marketing staff i wanted to know everything about radio because i thought i'm starting from scratch here so i'm going to use this time and um i was a promo girl for heart for probably about coming up to three years and um i gained as much experience as i could until i was like what's the next next step and the next step would be i need on-air experience so it, you know it's it's good for me to you know know how to run you know uh, a radio show but if i haven't done one before can you imagine me trying to actually get on air it, it, it'd just be impossible so I found a community radio station uh, called Westside. That was miles away from where I lived. I was going to say, it's one place to home. No, <laughs> I didn't find anything closer to home. Um, so I lived in Victoria at the time and Westside was in Southall. So um, I managed to get a slot there. I was on the afternoon show, which was two till four. From doing that, I was a co-host, by the way. So it was my... Um, uh, my friend who did the show, I was behind the other side. So I wasn't learning the desk and that's, I want to get back to that in a minute. Um, so from co-producing that show, we both did an evening show on a Sunday. It was like a request show. Once again, I was not on the, uh, the desk side. So all this time I'm learning how to present a show, but not actually how to drive my own show, which will, we'll get to the tips for uh, presenters in a bit. But um, after doing that, we managed to get the breakfast show. So bear in mind there, this was unpaid work and I'm traveling a long way. So I was, um, when we got the breakfast show, I had to get a night bus and a tube. And I remember it costing so much. It was something like, I'm sure it was like around about nine pounds. And that's a lot of money when you're not making much money. And when you do, you know, you're getting up at like, you know, 
quarter to six in the morning or what was it then no it would have been quarter to five I was getting up quarter to five and I remember just thinking to myself how long will I last doing this before I can't afford it and I lasted did, about, did you have about, another job then Pandora did you have another I was job? doing promo I was doing promo work um which I think was really well paid but because I was doing the breakfast show I was doing it to I think it was it was either six till ten or seven till ten so it was hard to then start a promo job at 11 or 12 because they generally start at 10 o'clock in the morning or nine in the morning, depending on what you're doing. If you're handing out flyers at Paddington Station, say, that are, they require you to be there from seven. So I was losing out on jobs to yeah. do a job that was unpaid, but I was following my dreams. I was doing the breakfast show from um, Monday, it was Monday to Friday. So I was losing a lot of jobs and I was then doing promo work on the weekends. And it got to a point where I like, physically couldn't afford to. So I was like, oh look, you know, I can only do four days a week. I'm doing four days a week. I can only do three days a week. And then I thought to myself, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Like, I don't want to be losing out on my dream and then doing something that isn't my dream. So how, how can I work this to, to my benefit? And I went down to two days a week and so, oh, actually, hang on. I'm making it out as if this was my decision. No, 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 no. Sorry, hang on. Wait. There was a time where my co-presenter um, was sick. I forgot to mention this. So bear in mind, all of this time, so I've been a couple of years now on this station, I hadn't learned how to drive the desk. And it took for him to be sick and say, are you okay to go in and do it in your own? I'm really sorry. I panicked and thought, oh my God. Yeah, I've had a look at what you do, but I don't actually know how to use this system so remember heart was on a different system when i was uh, shadowing the presenters there this was a system called myriad back in the day myriad I, I mean there's probably some places that still use that and i just remember being so it was almost like dumbfounded it was like how can i have been here for so long and not even bothered to learn and um, i was thrown in the deep end and i just had to get on and do it and i did a uh, three hour show uh, breakfast show on my own and that was the moment i just thought to myself right so for the, re the remainder of the time that i can do this which you know i was only then doing two days a week on breakfast i decided that i was going to drive that show um the t the days that i'm in the days when um i can't be in you go ahead and uh, i made that that was the best decision that i could make i then started learning how to make my own demos and um when it got to the point when I had to unfortunately give up uh, that show because I needed to do full-time work. I was living in, you know, central London. Um, I had a dog as well. And the bills were just getting a little bit on top of me. Um, I made myself the demo. And from making that demo, I sent it out to everywhere. Everywhere that I possibly could. And um, the one place that I uh, had always wanted to be on was Capital. I was like, right, this is like my, my dream place, Capital. And um, do you remember a show, a show, a station called uh, Choice? No. Do you remember Choice? I'm Choice too FM. Old. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Um, Choice, um, which is now Capital Extra. Um, they got the uh, program director heard my my demo they were looking for a female presenter and I remember getting an email and um, I almost thought it was a joke and you know it was a guy called Rob DeVideo who had heard my uh, demo and was like oh you know we'd love to have you in uh, are you free next week and like you know when you have one of those heart attack moments when you think how has someone listened to my demo and liked it like if I listen to it now by the way 
I mean, I would cringe to hell. I really would. I never want to hear that very first demo ever. But um, that's where it all started, really. I was um, realized it was panic station. It's when I kind of like, it's almost like getting a kick up the, the rear, isn't it? When I had to do uh, a show on my own and I thought to myself, this is what I really want to do. You um, tried to, to be an actor and yep. spent years trying to do that and didn't break mm -hmm. through. And then you spent a couple of years doing um, community radio, not being paid, trying to earn some money on, on the side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it's sort of four years in that you get your first real break and you're offered the chance to go and be paid to present. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. And, and, and then, so when you started, how, how was it different to what you'd done before working for Capital? Um, so the, the first station I was on was Choice. Choice and then stuff. from being on, uh, so my first show that I did was 3 a.m. till 6 a.m. Um, that was my very first show. It was, because bear in mind, I was doing it on my own and I had been a co-presenter all of this time. Um, so it was completely different. So it was a new skill that I had to learn because um, I didn't have anyone else to fall back on. It was solely me. It was solely my ideas. And um, it was me in control. And that was something that was, I had to learn. I had to learn to be really good on my own because I didn't want to be defined by being, you know, um, a co-presenter or being with somebody else. And I worked damn hard. I uh, made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> a lot of mistakes. But um, I think- and what was your, What was your biggest mistake? <laughs> My biggest mistake would be, um, okay, so we put the music and the IDs all together so we make it flow. So when we're playing the music out, you want to make it sound seamless. And obviously, you know, you don't want to forget <laughs> to um, hit any buttons, let's just say. And I remember, um, so I came out of a song, I did my link, and I didn't have one of the faders up. So a fader is, uh, you need to have this... Um, it's like a, oh, was it like a rolling button? You need to make sure this rolling button is up because if you're playing something out of it, you won't hear anything unless you push it up. And I remember I did the link and everything and then I hit the next button, nothing happened. And I was thinking, why is it dead air? Now, back in the day, I'm like one of those people that kind of doesn't understand what's happened. So I pause, but bear in mind, every second counts. On radio, one of the biggest things that stands out is dead air so I literally panicked and it was like the clogs in my brain were going dun, 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 dun. And I was thinking hmm why is the next song not playing why is there no sounds coming out so I pressed it again but obviously hadn't had the fader up so I'd literally kicked in the next song still nothing so all of this time I think it was like about 10 seconds and then my heart is racing I've got the backup CD that kicks in Oh, it was just awful. It was awful until I realized, ah, that's it. Haven't got the fader up. So the next time I put the fader up, you're halfway through a song. I still hit the button again. Next thing kicks in is the ads. It was just a mess. The biggest <laughs> kind of mess. It was very clunky. It just sounded like bum, 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 bum. And then like, oh, car giant at the end of it. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> awful. But, but it happens. The, if humans. that's the worst thing, it's not that bad. Oh and yeah, what, I don't swear, so you'll never hear me swear, so that's <laughs> fine, that's never happened. And, and thinking about that, that phase of your career, your early career, 
what what advice would you give to somebody listening to this who thinks i i want to do that what would you say to them okay my advice would be um learn your craft because that's something that i did not do at the beginning learn it if you want to be a presenter know what kind of presenter you want to be so do you want to be a breakfast presenter do you want to be a drive time presenter do you want to be uh, you know like a sunday afternoon presenter then pick a station what music do you love what's your passion what station do you love listen to that station know them inside and out get to know the presenters get to know what the station is doing and make a demo specific to them so if you want to be on capital, there's no point you doing a demo that sounds as if you're on Radio X or on Hearts because you want that program director to hear your very first link and you want him to uh, him or her to basically hear you on that station. You want them to hear you and go, wow, they could be on air right now. And I think that's probably one of the best bits of advice that I could give. Learn your craft inside and out. There's nothing that you, that you can't overlearn in radio. I'm still learning now. Like, you know, I've had almost 11 years in the business now and I'm still learning. And so take us then on through, through your career. So you're at Choice, you've got your first dream job. Um, how does it move from there to get to where you are today? Okay, so I started out doing... I'm going to call it the graveyard shift, okay? You're not meant to call it the graveyard shift, but it is, okay? You can call it early breakfast, but it is that. Um, so, yeah, I started at 3 till 6 a.m. And from there, I got daytime cover on choice. And from doing uh, daytime cover on choice, um, I then got my own slot, which was, I think, the first slot that I got, which was uh, 12 till 4 in the afternoon. And I mean, it, once again, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. I always had capital in my sights though. And when I got the uh, um, meeting about, hey, we're capital, we like how you sound, do you want to come and do a demo for us? I was like, are you kidding me? So <laughs> where my station was, it was on the same floor. So you had a uh, choice and you had capital on the same floor, just different ends. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And um, they loved the demo. And to my surprise, they were like, right, do you want to come over to Capital and do three till 6 a.m.? So I made the decision to come from a daytime show because at that point, I think I was doing uh, 10 till, what was I doing? Maybe it was nine till midday. I can't remember. I was doing morning shift. I got the uh, opportunity to go overnight again. But the reason why I wanted to go overnight because the dream was Capital and I was like, right, I'm going to work my way to get in daytime on there. And that's what I did. I did three till 6 a.m. on Capital. I then got weekend cover. From weekend cover, I got daytime cover. Literally covered everything from mornings, afternoons, evenings, drive time. Oh, drive time was quite difficult. I couldn't uh, pronounce any of the road names. <laughs> drive time was a very busy show. Um, I got the opportunity to sometimes be on Capital Breakfast. At the time, it was uh, Dave Berry and Lisa Snowden. Um, I did uh, quite a few shows of them and that was, oh, that was just incredible. Um, and then I got my own show, which was uh, mid mornings, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. to 1 p.m., sorry. And I was like, I can't believe this. Can't believe it. Was there for um, good three years. And then Kiss got in touch and was like, do you want to uh, come and do Kiss Street? And I was like, oh my God. So I said, yes. I was like, you know, this uh, station has got a lot of history, um, of course. So I then went to KISS to do 10 till 1. 
and then I was there for about, I think about two and a half years and Hart got involved and I was like are you kidding me so the most amazing thing about Hart is that it's where I started at the very very beginning and I just thought you cannot have a better fit because um you know it's been a station that I've been passionate about from you know from years ago and um I couldn't believe it so I jumped at the chance and bear in mind this company global that I work for now has been the company that started my whole dream off for me from the very, very beginning. So I, I jumped at the chance and I'm back home. So people want to know, how did the presenters get on with each other? Cause from what you've said, you were really ambitious and you wanted the daytime slot and you started in the evening. So I'd like people really competitive against each other to try and get the plum spots. Do you know what you, you would think that, okay, honestly, I think, well, the, the people that I've been involved with, okay, they are so encouraging, so encouraging. Like the amount of messages, okay, so if, when, when I have moved to a, a different slot or a different station, the amount of messages that you get from presenters that you maybe even met like once or twice, maybe at an event or maybe at like a work do, of the encouragement that they give you. And you're like, ah, oh, okay, that's really nice. I think that, you know, there's a, a little myth or it's rumors that you know presenters are in competition with each other like even on other stations we're all very encouraging it's almost like family you don't have to be on the same station to you know wish people well like we've got someone who's uh, new on our station right now called Katrina Ridley she's gonna be the next biggest thing and we all want to help her like it's almost like you encourage everybody and I don't know, it's a very, I think it's a very friendly um, industry to be in. I haven't really had any, any problems or any negativity. And so do you think it's different to acting? I mean, from that world, does it feel a more open and supportive world or just the same? Personally, I would say it's way more welcoming and it's way more, um, I would say it's a happier place. That's my, my view. When I was going through my final year of trying to break into acting, honestly, I was getting, I was, I was getting a bit resentful because I was like, you know, you, you go to these auditions, you give it your best shot. You've got three minutes <laughs> in this audition to give it your best and you're not good enough. And I just kept feeling I wasn't good enough. I'm not good enough. And with radio, it's weird. I've always found the, the critique to be quite positive, as in, even if it's like, right, this could be better, or I wouldn't do things like that. Maybe, or maybe it's that I've matured, I don't know, and I'm, I'm taking criticism, and can't even pronounce that word, but better. So mm, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a weird one, really, but I would say this industry is a, a, is a happier place to be for, you know, definitely for presenters, that's what I would find. And, and, and how about relationships with the producer and the, the management? How, how's that in radio? Oh, it's great. They're like your best mates. <laughs> it's absolutely great. So, um, so with Heart, um, it was different. So when I was on Capital, we would have, uh, what do you call it, revolving producers. And um, so you'd have, uh, say there was a pool of four or five producers and uh, every month you kind of rotate, which was a brilliant idea. Um, at Heart, it's different. So I have my producer and um, I've only been at Heart oh, just over a year, just over a year, I think. I started on the 4th of April, I think it was the 4th of April, um, and they become your best friends. I mean, you go through thick and thin together. Um, 
I think it's a, a special relationship. Like your, your working relationships, you work with them, you know, six days a week and you come up with ideas. Sometimes you have different ideas. You bounce off of each other. And sometimes, you know, when you're in um, tight spots, you want to make things happen and they've got to go now or you're um, doing an interview and it's got to go out on air, like, like ASAP, like you're on those high pressured moments. And I think that, yeah, you go through a lot together. So you build up a real strong kind of like, it's almost like a brother sister relationship. And, and tell me, what, what's the hardest thing about your job and your life, your work? Not life? mucking it up. There you go. That's it. Every day I go into the, I go into the studio I think, please don't muck it up. Because it's and life. Do you, do, you worry, do you worry about that? Are you of course nervous? I do. Yeah. I still do. Yeah. Got, have you not got used to it? Do you not go in there and think, oh, well, if it goes wrong, they'll forgive me. I've, you know, I've put a lot of good shifts in. No, 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 no. I think it's good to um, to keep the pressure on yourself. Um, I think that it's important to have fun. And I, th I think it's important to put yourself into a great space. But remember, you when you go into a live, like, it's like when you're doing TV, when you're in a live environment, the pressure is on. And if I didn't feel um, nervous or I didn't feel that, you know, pang of like, you know, real excitement, I think then I'd probably think, why am I in this job? I think it's, um, I think it gives me that drive. Every single day that I go in, I get that little pang of, oh, please, please make this go all right. And I do it and it keeps me wanting to be better. It keeps me wanting to, to succeed. I think that if you go in with the attitude of us, oh, I've got this, that's when you can become a little bit slack and you can become a bit samey. You can become a bit complacent. And I, I don't want to be that person. And, and tell me, what's your normal working day like if you, if you have a normal working day? <laughs> well, with things as they are in our current situation, things have changed quite a bit. Uh, normally, I'd get up with my dog. I get up quite early, um, probably about 6am. And um, I go to the park. I give him a little run around. Um, I like to get into work two hours uh, before I start. And the reason why is because... I like to hear the breakfast show. I like to be in and amongst it. I like to find out what is going on. You know, you have to check your social media, you have to check the news. Um, I get my music log and I wanna make sure that I'm prepped before going on air. So I will literally know like what I wanna talk about so that if I put the mic up, I should have a clue of what I'm going to say. If I don't, then I haven't done any prep and then I would, I would feel awful. I feel like, you know, I've come in and not done my job properly. Um, after my show, I could be doing voiceovers. I could be doing um, interviews for um, a publication. I could also, what was there before this? There was loads of events to go to. There could be album launches. There was um, work events. Whereas now, I'm literally coming home and I'm writing quite a bit. <laughs> Are you? What? So in, in lockdown, you've decided to spend your time writing? Yeah. Right. So... About three years ago, I decided to um, write a book because I have a uh, very interesting past, let's say, and I wanted to get everything down on paper. And I started writing, um, you know, because I, I was in care. So um, unfortunately, my mum died when I was nine years old and I witnessed the whole thing. And, you know, I had a young childhood of growing up on the streets. I was homeless, literally from the moment I was born so sometimes we'd be living in house sometimes we'd be in a host, uh, hostel sometimes we would um be sleeping on park 
me and my mum park benches, you know, outside, you know, coffee shops and on the street, police stations. So it's, you know, I think that not as in therapy to myself, but I think that it's kind of something that I wanted to do to kind of release a lot of memories, a lot of, you know, emotions that I've had and probably bottled up for quite a few years because I've only really started speaking about um, my past and being fostered you know, within the last couple of years. And do you think that gave you or has given you more determination, Pandora, to, to kind of really push on with what you're doing now? Oh, it, it, that's been there from the from the very beginning. Um, I've always said, don't let your um, your past or your current situation determine your future. And it's been there from the very beginning. Even when I was being, you know, I wanted to be an actress. I just thought, you know, I had this one thing on my mind and I thought, I'm not going to stop until I get it. I'm not going to stop till I get it. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. This isn't working. Let me go to the next thing. <laughs> but it's always been my drive to to succeed and to, to be better and to have that kind of drive. And I think, yeah, my past has got a hell of a lot to do with that. And, and when you were a, a, a young girl, mm -hmm. did you then think to yourself, I want to be an actress, I want to do all these things. So mm -hmm. was it something that you wanted to do from a young age? Yeah, a very, very young age, very young age. It's, um, I was always, I think that if I'm honest, I was probably bottling up a lot of, emotions so it'd be easier to be somebody else than be myself so I was always the the loudest kid I was always the one making the most noise smiling laughing um and I would never talk about you know um what happened to me what's you know who my real mum was and who my foster parents were I just wouldn't mention anything and I would avoid all questions so that probably had a little something to do with me wanting to be an actress at first but um I don't even remember what you asked me actually <laughs> I just forgot what you uh, asked I was asking whether when you were a, a little girl you you yeah. wanted to do what you're doing now to be an actress and to do all of this yeah. And, yeah. and clearly you you did it was always a a lifelong ambition and mm. what you've demonstrated is the most incredible drive to keep going were there any points along the road that you just thought you know what I don't know if I've got the energy to do this anymore. I'm just going to do something else, something simpler. No. Even when um, I couldn't afford to carry on at, um, at the community radio station, and I was in a little bit of a panic because I was like, you know, am I, am I going to do, you know, be a full-time promo girl or am I going to have to, you know, change my job? I suppose there was a little bit of that in when I had a panic mode, but I was still, what's that word called? Not insist, insistent, is that the right word? Yeah, persistent, there we go. That, I get my demos done because I'm not going to take no for an answer. If you don't like this demo, I'm going to do another one. <laughs> if you don't like that one, I'm still going to do another one. And, so and basically, I'm that annoying person. And do you think your industry, to do what you do, do you think you have to have that persistence? Do you think you have to be really driven yeah. more than also anywhere else? Yeah, I, I, I think I think you do. And I think, you know, you are going to get knocked back. You are going to, you know, get, you, you know, you are going to get down. You, you are going to think, oh, my God, is this right for me? That is going to happen. But if you know deep down that this is what you want to do, ask the questions. 
like you know if someone sends you some feedback of your demo and they go oh you know it's not quite right for me uh, or, or for our station um but good luck in the future ask them why reply with thank you so much for your feedback ask why what could i do uh to improve do you see what i mean so it's about it's it's about taking the critique and then twisting it and then coming back stronger so yeah i think that you do have to be quite um what was it is it hardened in this industry as well because remember you know there will be a lot of people that probably will critique you a lot along the way and that's just from you know people on you know online as well i mean don't get me started with that <laughs> but you know but sometimes... how, how do you deal with the trolls how do you deal with online knocking? do you know what you have to do there's no way that i'm going to tell you oh you know don't let it bother you it is you could have a whole day you can do an amazing show and you know people can be loving it and then out of all of those you know hundreds of messages that you get going oh yeah you know i uh, love your show this is great you get that one person and they could simply say something as you are beep they could just do something like that and that will affect you it will there's no way it won't but what it is is you've got to kind of use that that little pang of what is it it's a pang of um oh, is it a fear it's a fear, isn't it, of, of someone not thinking that you're worthy enough. It's a fear of someone thinking that you don't deserve to be where you are. And you've got to go to yourself, well, hang on, I do. I've worked so hard to be here. So you turn that kind of pang of fear as into like a, like a pang of acknowledgement and go, oh, okay, well, actually, I do deserve to be here. So you're obviously, you know, insecure in yourself for messaging me that. There's no need for you to be nasty to me. So you have to kind of twist it, if you see what I mean. But... Yeah you have to know that things are going to affect you. Of course it is. The first time that, you know, um, I sent my demo out and um, I got a, this isn't right for us or um, uh, what was it? Oh, what was it? I got a message once saying, um, oh, something on the lines of, oh, that was it. You're not, that was it. You're not strong enough um, to be a solo presenter. Maybe you should team up with someone. I had that as feedback once and obviously it hurt of course it did but then what did it do it made me look at my demo and think maybe it wasn't strong enough so i redid my demo sent it out again do you see what i mean so it's you just have to sometimes just take a deep breath and realize that you know trolls or someone who is being specifically nasty or not you know wording their comments well you have to kind of like you know use that fear and go, well, I'm still going to succeed, so here we go again. <laughs> and, and tell me what it is that you most love about your job. Oh, my God. Okay, what do I love most about my job? I get to go in uh, to work six days a week and work with the most incredible people in the industry, and they are, without a doubt. I get to play the music that I love. I mean, I am playing the tunes that I grew up on. I'm, um, I'm playing club classics on a Saturday. I do um, a feature at 11 o'clock called Hearts Feel Good Five. I'm playing the music that, you know, I remember that I was raving to back in the day, you know, uh, these are my holiday anthems. Um, I'm talking to millions and millions of people every single week and I get to do that and get paid. I mean, are you crazy? <laughs> that is the best feeling in the world and i'm so lucky that even in the you know the crisis that we're having at the moment with covid-19 i didn't 
I honestly didn't realize how important my job is. I didn't realize that. And some of the messages that we have been getting um, from listeners who, you know, we're keeping them company. Radio is so important. I don't think radio presenters realize that. We, we're not, we don't just entertain. We keep people company, people that live on their own, people that, you know, um, don't have anyone else, but they have the radio. And they, you build up a relationship with that one particular person. And I think that, you know, nothing can come, it's priceless, nothing can come close to that feeling, knowing that you are impacting someone's day. Like I'm helping to brighten up people's day. I'm helping to put a smile on people's faces, you know, from, from what I do on a daily basis. And that's the best feeling in the world. And, and you've achieved so much over the last 10, 11 years. T tell mm -hmm. me how you think about the next 10 years. Oh my God. <laughs> how do I feel about the next 10 years? Well, um, in the next 10 years, I'm still going to be on radio. The next 10 years, I think that I'm going to be, oh my God, where do I see myself? That's a great question. 10 years is a long time away. Um, Hopefully I'll be on Smooth then. <laughs> smooth breakfast, here I come. <laughs> you never know, you never know. Um, yeah, I am lucky to be um, working for a company which I see myself working for for the next 40, 50 years. Um, and yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm going to be here forever. You ain't getting rid of me. <laughs> so yeah, I will be at Global in the next 10 years dominating it <laughs> and if if there's um you see so self-driven if there's an area that you feel you need to develop to make you even stronger what what would it be if you're you're you know when you're talking about doing demo tapes and making them even better when you look at what you do now yeah. where where do you think about developing and growing even more helping uh, other people I would say helping people get into radio I should be doing more of that if I'm honest with you and I haven't yet um, but I think that is honestly that is my next step so going even back to what you said in the in the next 10 years um, obviously I'm still going to be in radio but I think I I should really see myself helping um, young presenters getting into this industry because I've got the experience and um, I've got the knowledge and I should use that for you know for the good okay and you, you've taken the um the engaging works workplace happiness survey um we've not been able to sit side by side and do it because of uh covid and the lockdown so mm -hmm. you quietly sat on your own mm -hmm. um and uh can you tell us what you scored yeah and you don't believe it <laughs> i scored a hundred percent in you North scored a hundred percent We've had nobody score a hundred percent. You are you are top of the charts in terms of your happiness at work. <laughs> well, honestly, um, that is all down to global. It is all down to global, and it's all down to heart. Um, I'm the happiest that I have been in a very very long time. Global is an incredible place to work. It's caring. It's nourishing. It's you know everyone is pushing you to be the best you can be and pushing you you know to to do what you want to do Your so, if, on. so if i was to pick up the phone to um uh, to my friend steve myron the mm -hmm. ceo of global mm -hmm. was to ask him to do something to make your life happier at work 
what would you have me ask him to do? Good question. And can you pass this on to him? Okay. Yes. What would make me happier is if I can take my dog to work. Dogs make us happy, right? And I'm being serious. I think I should be able to take my dog into work every day. I mean, who wouldn't want a dog in the studio or in the office? I think that would be um, the change that I would like to make. So please ask Stephen that I will. and get it ticked I will. off. <laughs> I will email him and text him. And I'll Thank say you. that at the very least you deserve that. Thank and, you. Um, in, in terms of lockdown itself, is there anything that um, around lockdown that you've enjoyed, anything that you've discovered anew from, from spending so much time at home? Uh, what have I uh, so since spending more time at home I mean obviously you've been writing your book yeah so um got into writing is there anything else that you've spent your time doing or enjoyed well apart from writing spending more time with my dog um it's you know what it's probably living a, a quieter life um one of my fears was to live alone I didn't think I would ever, you know, I'd either, I've either lived with a, a boyfriend or I've lived with um, my friends. So I've never, you know, lived by myself. And then when I bought my house, I, um, I had a fear that I'd get lonely. And one thing that I have noticed with it being locked down and life has gone a lot quieter and you are spending more time alone, is that actually being alone ain't that actually that bad. Even though I am living with my boyfriend at the moment, but you know, when you have, your alone time I don't have to fill it now with calling friends or having people on Facebook and you know you know Instagram lives and I don't have to do that anymore I can quite happily sit down you know read I haven't read in years I'm reading a book at the moment and um, it's realizing that yeah I don't need to be as social as I was if that makes sense yeah yeah it does and, and tell me, um, a few quick questions to finish. Um, is there a song that when you play it, makes you feel happy? Oh my God, yeah, there is. So I'm gonna go with one that is um, on my Club Classic show. It's Shaft, Macho Mumbo. Do you remember that? I do. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, 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 I am old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> That is an incredible tune. It comes from an era where every single tune that came out, it was it, almost like it was to make you feel good, you know? And yeah. um, Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now, it has a little bit of a, an old school feel to it. And I know that anytime I play it, I get up and I start dancing around the studio. So there would be my, my, my two new and old tunes that really put a smile on my face. And then my last question is, um, if you were to listen to somebody talking about their workplace happiness and if you could nominate somebody to do the workplace happiness survey who would it be pandora piers morgan how about that get piers morgan to do a happiness score yeah well piers morgan was scheduled to do the podcast no way yeah in oh. the autumn then he went to america and uh, uh we're trying to reorganize it but uh yeah we could we could try and get piers to see if he's really happy yeah Love to get in his brain. Do you think he's happy? Do you know what? You can't tell. I don't think you can tell with anyone if they're happy or not. And do you know why? Because some people can hide behind a smile. I've done it when I was, uh, when I was growing up. So you can't tell, can you? It's happiness 
comes from within. And sometimes you have to tell people how you really feel for you to show it. I could be happy and not look it. Or I can look very happy and really not be it. So can't tell. And now you're 100%. The only 100%. You, 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 you are. But Pandora, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And um, I have to say your career is a real inspiration to, um, uh, to have grown in the way that you have, to be as tenacious as you've been and persistent as you've been uh, to realise your dream. Uh, and then to do what you do so brilliantly. Um, I know that people listening will be uh, in awe of uh, what you've been through uh, and how you have achieved all that you've achieved. So thank you for sharing with us your, your journey, your work journey, uh, uh, tips on how to get into uh, radio and presenting. And we wish you all every happiness and success going forward. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And anytime you want me to come and score 100 again, I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And again, if you want to take control of your workplace happiness, go to engaging.works and take the free happiness survey. See you next time.